friend. Welcome to Plays Well with Others, a podcast for creative community to discuss everything from the sensitive to the silly, but most importantly, to explore play. Come play with us. I'm your podcast host and wiggly dancer, lover of ducks and hats, Alex B. Arnapol. Let's dive in, shall we? Hi, ducklings. Welcome back to another episode of Plays Well with Others. On this week's episode, we're going to be discussing something quite near and dear to my heart and a request from our community, which I am absolutely delighted by. But first, let's jump into a couple announcements. First of all, if you haven't heard the big news, Rec Center is becoming a membership. If you're not yet familiar with Rec Center and you're just joining us for the first time, no problem. We have an entire episode dedicated to discussing our new membership structure and how we as Rec Center are changing. If you need a little background, Rec Center is the radically inclusive space for creative play. We welcome squishy weirdos and interdisciplinary makers to join our community to make a difference in the world. Basically, we see ourselves as campsite maintenance workers. We want to leave it better than we found it. We want to leave the world a better place than we found it. And we do that through creativity and play. We want everyone in our community to feel empowered, to discover their own true authenticity, to really show up as their full-time selves every single day in their work, in their creativity, and in their life. Our membership features masterclasses, coaching, community care events, newsletters, and way more. I am so unbelievably proud of this membership, of the facilitators who are joining us, and of course of our community for being a part of this, for joining us on this journey. So we really hope you become a member. Whether it's our free membership on Mighty Networks or join our paid membership that goes on sale November 26th, Black Friday, We are opening up spots to our beautiful paid membership community for everyone just like you. Squishy weirdos just like you. Per usual, with everything Rec Center, we are sliding scale. So check it out on our website or listen to episode four for more details. Secondly, dear community, we invite you to become a part of this podcast community here. And how do you do that? By following us by liking the episodes, by rating us. The more that you can be involved in our community, the more that we can give back to you. So wherever you are streaming in from in podcast land, make sure to follow us, like us, share us, rate us, and give the gift of play by telling a friend about us. The more that we can reach members of this beautiful community, the more that we can give back. So be a part of the community by expanding the community. All right, friends. Shall we jump in? You want to get started? I do. I am particularly excited about today's topic because it was brought to us from a member of our very own community. And you know, I think this topic is something that a lot of us grapple with. And it's unfortunate because 
it's so pervasive in our culture to see play as privileged. So this community member came to me recently and we were chatting about the idea of play. And what they said to me was, hey, I really like your podcast. I like everything you do. But sometimes I struggle with the message because I feel like I am just in survival mode. And this really hit home for me because I've so been there. There is this pervasive idea that play and rest are only for the privileged, that play and rest are both privileges. I would like to argue, in fact, I strongly believe that play and rest are human rights. We just have our whole system absolutely backwards about what we should be doing with our lives. Or even not just how we're spending our time, but how we're using our brain in moments of trauma, in moments of survival. Of course, I want to acknowledge that this is still coming from a place of absolute privilege. I am a white, cis-passing individual who lives now a fairly comfortable life financially. I see the privilege there. I own that privilege. And one of the things that was so important to me was that as I continue to really create additional privilege through the money that I'm making and the outreach that I'm doing, that I leverage that privilege to actually work with other people and give them a voice and help empower their play. But something that I hold very close to my heart is while I really preach, so to speak, the benefits of play and creativity, I understand that having safety for your body, food, water, a roof over your head, these are more important. But I will argue that having a playful mindset might be just as important too. And that's what we're diving into today. So why does play matter? Play matters because it allows our brains to create new neural pathways. And I mean, there's an abundance of reasons why play is so important, but this is really the one we're going to hone in on today. Humans are really special. We're not like a lot of other animals or mammals in which adolescence or childhood is rather short. We think about dogs and we typically say by the time they're one years old, they're an adult. Well, we look at humans, by one year old, you can barely function on your own. You need another guardian with you to ensure that you stay safe. In fact, our adolescence, if we think about it, is all the way through, I mean, some would argue our 20s. Even looking at our own physiology, humans maintain what scientists would call, jokingly, baby face. You look at chimpanzees, for instance. They look a little bit like baby humans, the big wide eyes, the kind of flat forehead, squishy face. But then as they grow, they get the elongated jawline, the furrowed brow. You look at wolves. Puppies look like dog puppies. But then as they get older, the snout becomes elongated and they really start to look like wolves. Now look at humans. 
we really don't go through that big of a change. Our bodies are more adolescent than a lot of other creatures out there. This is a huge signifier that human beings rely on the same strategies used in adolescence, in childhood, in toddlerdom that they do in adulthood. So what are those strategies? How do toddlers through adolescence navigate the world? They explore, they play, they try things out, they experiment. And the reason these are so important to adult human beings as well is because it helps create new ideas, new perspectives, and is almost a practice ground for how we're going to experience life. This creates those neural pathways for us to think about things differently, to try things differently, to potentially become different ourselves than we were previously. Human beings are not meant to be fixed. It shows in our body. It shows in our brain. And the key to alleviating stuckness being fixed is a playful mindset, being able to try out the new. What play does is help us see beyond the fixed. It helps us trust that change can occur. Play helps us trust in our lives, and in our own abilities. But let's take this back a little bit. Let me tell you a little bit about my own story. So 2016 goes down in my history as one of the worst years of my life. Seriously, as bad as 2020 was, nothing compares to 2016 for me. So let me just paint the picture for you. I just moved back to Baltimore, Maryland from Washington, D.C. I had quit a job where I was commuting an hour and a half. I felt like I was finally getting my stride. I was working in the floral design industry. And I really felt like I was coming to a peak in my own creative career. I was traveling a ton. I was getting booked for performance art all over the country, and it felt really good. I really felt like I was starting to make it. Flash to Valentine's Day. I was working for a floral company and we had just torn out of flowers, which, you know, that happens. It's Valentine's Day. Everybody's buying flowers. And I said I would be happy to drive our floral truck out to a nearby farm and pick up some additional flowers. So this was Maryland in the winter. And while there wasn't snow on the ground, I did notice that it was a particularly windy day. Now, I wasn't worried, but it seemed a little unusual. Now, as I was driving down this very windy country road, all of a sudden, my truck spun out from under me. I couldn't tell if it was snow or ice, but I had zero control. From the little that I do remember, I remember this moment of surrender, of thinking, well... I mean, I might as well just put my hands up now because I can't change this. The next thing I remember is waking up on the side of the road. My truck had spiraled out and gone into a ditch on a farm. And I had just woken up from being unconscious. 
The front of the truck was completely collapsed in. There were no windows anymore. There was glass everywhere. And there was a farmer who was trying to pull me out of the car. I had a piece of glass sticking out of my wrist and I was bleeding everywhere. I couldn't move. I was confused. I remember because it was not yet the election. They asked me who the president was and I said, I don't know, but I'm really hoping it's not Trump. Please tell me it's not Trump. So at least I had my sense of humor about me, a little bit of play there. At the time, I remember calling my partner and telling them that I thought I was okay, but I wasn't sure, and that an ambulance was coming to get me. I had no idea what was about to happen in my life. And it wasn't just the physical circumstances that really impacted me, but how it was about to change my perception of my identity. I had a concussion and a traumatic brain injury, several slipped discs, And these were just the ones that I found out about on my own, because my circumstances, according to the doctors, weren't life-threatening. See, when you have a concussion or a traumatic brain injury, your brain has to heal. And it's not like healing a broken bone. It's not like getting stitches. This is a long process. And the worst part is it's a process where you don't feel like yourself anymore. Like you're living with someone else's brain and you know what you used to feel like, but you don't feel that way anymore. So it's almost like living in a stranger's body. On top of all of that, on top of having an identity thrust at me that I didn't want or didn't even know, my partner lost his job three times. I then lost my job twice. I then went on to work for an employer who was downright abusive. And prior to me, Everyone in my position had quit within six months. And then, my dog died. Yeah, I feel like that was really the cherry. With all of this going on, I spiraled into a really dark depression. One that seemed almost impossible to climb out of. That sort of gnawing feeling that you have that nothing's ever going to be right again. This is what I mean when I say fixed, or stuck. I felt trapped. Trapped in my own life, trapped in my own brain, trapped in my body, trapped in a job, trapped with absolute grief. When we're in those darkest places, we're just trying to survive. We just need to get through to the next day. But I did have some hope, and it wasn't something that happened overnight. It was definitely a combination and a beautiful stew of therapy, working with my partner on our partnership, getting a new job, lots of external things. But what really made the difference was a series of train rides that I took. Nearing the end of 2016, I got a job that was about 45 minutes away And I had to take the train to get there. That meant 45 minutes by myself, Monday through Friday. At first, this was kind of a curse. If you're in the deepest, darkest depression, nobody wants to be by themselves every day. Ugh, what a torture. But what this slowly turned into was a moment of curiosity every day. 
I'd look out the window and I'd watch the landscape change from November to December with more snow on the ground. I'd notice things, I'd wonder, and it gave my brain a moment to think about something beyond my stuck position. It gave me a moment to have a playful mindset just for 45 minutes where I didn't have to fix anything, where I didn't have to focus on what was broken. I could just see and be present. Being present with your surroundings, with yourself, is one of the first steps towards play, towards a playful mindset. Because what it does is it brings about that sense of curiosity that children have, and that sense of wonder and awe. The awe of the speed of a train. The awe of a stranger's hair. The awe of the leaves as they fall off the trees and hit the ground. This was wonder for me. And it was the first time I'd felt it in months. I can't say the journey's been easy nor perfect. But the way that I made it through from simply surviving to just a slightly more playful mindset, was first and foremost being present. And presence led me to wonder. And wonder led me to humor and being able to just smile a little bit again. Doctors say that they can trust a patient is healing because the first thing they see is a smile. That is a sign. A sign that your body is healing. That your body can heal. In fact, It's been scientifically proven that when we play, we actually reduce the risk of diseases like Alzheimer's and other cognitive diseases. Play isn't just a game. Play is survival. Play is taking surviving to potentially thriving. So when we feel like we're in that cage of stuckness, of being fixed, in our environment, in our patterns, in our mindset, taking it back first to just being present with whatever it is, even if it feels like absolute trash, and then bringing in that sense of wonder. Because play can be the key towards forward motion, towards new connections, towards new possibilities, and a reminder to trust that change can occur, to trust that we're not stuck in our patterns, or in our circumstances. And this is certainly not to say that play is going to fix your trauma or alleviate your suffering, but rather what I'm suggesting is that play might just be the key to your survival. Because when we are maintaining a playful mindset with curiosity, with wonder, we actually see more, we perceive more, we open up our perception so that we can see that we are not stuck, that there are possibilities out there. So, in the spirit of plays well with others, let's take things to science. Let's look at a science example. Now, this example comes from the book Play by Dr. Stuart Brown, who I quote often on this podcast. I'm a big fan. And in his book, he discusses the example of the sea squirt. 
So what is a sea squirt? I know I bring up a lot of really fun creatures on this podcast, but basically a sea squirt is like a human sponge, kind of. Closer to a human than a sponge, but looks like a sponge and has a kind of early brain. And when these sea squirts are young, they do what most young things do. They play. They explore, they navigate their environment, and they eat and try new things. But as they get older, they no longer explore or play. In fact, they affix themselves to something like a boat or a rock and become stagnant. They stop moving, exploring, and playing. And here's where things get weird. Since it is stuck and fixed, It is no longer seeking out opportunities for feeding. So what does it do? This is a little gross. It eats its own brain. It demonstrates one of the big lessons in nature, which is use it or lose it. Because it isn't exploring or playing, it dies. Now, I'm certainly not suggesting that by lack of play, you're going to become a brain-eating zombie, or that if you don't play, you're simply just going to fall over and die. But rather what I'm saying is that when we become fixed or stagnant or stuck, we stop seeing the opportunity around us. We stop perceiving new things. We create our own cage. And again, to go back to trauma, I'm not suggesting that you create your own trauma or that you create the circumstances in your life of oppression or pain or harm. What I am talking about is our own internal sense of being stuck, our own internal sense that nothing is ever going to change or get better. This is the type of stuck that I'm talking about. To quote Dr. Stuart Brown, he says, If we stop playing, we share the fate of all animals that grow out of play. Our behavior becomes fixed. So to the community member that asked me if play is for them, yes, you more than anyone else. If you are simply trying to survive a playful mindset, a curious mindset might be the key towards your freedom. Because freedom is a human right. Rest and play are human rights. And play might just be the key to unlocking an internal freedom. So how can we practice on the daily? How can we bring in this surviving to thriving playful mindset? We start with, like I said, Just a little bit of presence and wonder. Should we try this together? Great. No need to have anything on hand. You're welcome to take notes, but it's just a quick little brain exercise. Are you ready? All right. With your eyes open, look around the room or space that you are in and notice five things. Just five things. You might have seen them before. Maybe they're new to you. Now, 
Look around your space and notice five new things. Maybe this is something you've never noticed before, or it's a new element of something you've never seen. Perhaps it's the cobwebs in the corner of your room, or the way that branch outside is bending just so. Just notice five things that are new. And notice if there's anything that brings about a sense of wonder, something you're curious about. Maybe it's the way the electricity runs through the cords in your room and you're so curious about where does that start? Where is the beginning of that electricity in my home? How does it run through my house? What does electricity look like? Or maybe you're looking at a tree and you're wondering about the water and the sound that it makes as it draws up through the tree, into the leaves, and is photosynthesized. What are you curious about? This, friend, is the beginning of wonder. This is the beginning of play. Of course there are other forms of play, like games and socializing and make-believe and changing the rules, but when you need it at its most basic form, when it really applies to survival, it's just that sense of presence and wonder, and perhaps even appreciation. This is what play is all about. About allowing your brain to trust the world and trust in itself and trust in your body. Knowing that change can occur, that you can change. That your circumstances are not fixed. That you are powerful and wonderful. Just like the curious environment that you inhabit. So when you're in survival mode, maybe this time, turn to play. Turn to wonder. Because every living thing deserves to thrive. And every living thing deserves play no matter what. You, friend, are deeply deserving of play. This has been Plays Well with Others, and I'm your host, Alex Brennan Arnapol. Until next time, be present, feel good, and play every day. Today's show has been brought to you with the support of Softer Sounds Studio. Plays Well with Others is a product of Rec Center, the radically inclusive center for creative play.